Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Divorce Course Podcast. I'm so excited. Hi, Mum. Hi, Laura. We're in double digits. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. We've done 10 episodes and if you've listened to all of them, we love you and we hope that oh, they have been it. helpful. Yes, it's hopeful. <laughs> um, and today to celebrate 10 episodes, we are doing something that um, we think, with particularly Mum and I have noticed, Lawyer fees cost a lot of money, so we're going to give a gift to you of six ways to cut your lawyer costs. And mum being the insider, as she is a lawyer, she's going to tell us what we can do um, to ensure that you're not basically spending all your money and then at the end of your divorce and separation have absolutely no money left. <laughs> or, or, or not as much as you should have and or that yes. you seem to be spinning your wheels and not getting much progress for your money. <laughs> yes. And these yeah. six ways that mum has come up with are incredibly practical, really yeah. easy to do and look really if you if you are concerned about money this is great and I appreciate mum you basically uh telling us how you can make less money basically (laughs) well is that right because there's never a shortage of clients uh so it's it means we can help more people shall we say um and I I think it it helps us as well well that's how I see it and that's how my team see it Okay, so do you want to do a summary of the six ways or will we start off with just number one? Do you want to know? Well, I think think we'll just start off with number one and you said number one, be concise. So what do you mean by that, Mum? Yes, Uh, be, when you're talking to your lawyer at any time, keep your phone calls brief and short. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers the old days of telegrams where you had to pay per word, but think of it this way, you're paying per minute in a phone call you're also paying per minute or per six minutes in a, in an interview. So don't waffle, have all your work ready and and just be clear and concise with your lawyer. So I think one thing that um, I've noticed with my friends is that they treat their lawyer a little bit like their psychologist or the person that they basically download all the drama to. And then this happened and then he did this and then he called me this and this and she did this. And so if you do that, I'm guessing that's not being concise and you're probably, like you've said before, Mum, it's cheaper to pay a psychologist to download that all too. Plus, yes, plus lawyers are really bad at psychology. <laughs> we've, we've got an arrangement with psychologists. We say the psychologists don't do law and we won't do psychology. So go to your doctor, maybe get a mental health plan if you need one. There's no shame in that. Gosh, what you're going through is mm. you're, you're going to look back and this is going to be one of the hardest times of your life. So get the mm. support you need. Um, offloading on your lawyer is, is not helpful for you. It costs too much. Uh, the lawyer... Can, can only use some of it. So I think prepare for meetings and filter mm. down into concise dot points what you want to discuss, cross them off as you've discussed them, and when you've done, leave the room or end the phone call. Okay. So mm. you, like maybe you could even set a timer for yourself so that you go, oh, my time is gone. I better, well, you know. You know yeah. Your lawyer has. Your lawyer's your have lawyer- timers. Yeah. Wait, what? 
lawyers yeah. time it? Yes, oh, every six minutes is the unit, and and um, for me that's like fifty five dollars every six minutes. If you go into the next next six minutes, so if you go to eight minutes, you'd pay for the whole next six minutes. So instead of um, fifty five dollars for six minutes, you're then paying one hundred and ten dollars for twelve minutes just because you waffled on for another two minutes. If if I were to charge correctly, that's what the agreement oh. says. So and you could have bought a pair of shoes instead. Oh, and talk to, to your best friend about it. <laughs> yeah, go to gold class, movies, yeah. um, you know, yeah. it, it all adds okay. up. And you don't want to run out of money in the early stages. You need to save your money uh, in mm. these cases for when it really matters, when you need a good barrister and you need your lawyer to prepare. That's when you should be spending your money. So in the early yeah. stages particularly, it's just so tempting to, to use your lawyer um, because most family lawyers are quite empathetic because yeah. we wouldn't do it if we weren't. Uh, but yeah. but I, I always say to my clients that I mean this with love, but you really are better off talking to a psychologist about this and just give me, you know, the old, give me the facts. Give me the facts, yeah. ma'am. Give me the facts. <laughs> yeah. right. And I guess yeah. that's what you have to do. I guess mentally you've got to wade through all of that and find the facts and it might even make it harder for your lawyer to find the facts if you're giving them everything mm. in a big word vomit diary. Yeah. I got to then through it, I guess. Yes. I mean, sometimes there's little hidden gems in, in when people are giving you the whole story. You go, wait, what? That? Oh, okay. Well, that might be this. So the lawyer in the back of their mind, they're listening to you, right? And in the mm. back of their minds, they're applying the law in in your area. So to say if you're talking about property settlement, that mm. you're saying, oh, I had this when I got married and he only had that and we did this. The lawyer in the back is going, okay, section 794 A, section 794 B. <laughs> we're we're yeah. fitting it into our categories. We're terribly boring people. Uh, so yes. <laughs> if you stop telling us stuff that fits in with that law, uh, then really we're just sort of listening but it's not helping your case so and you're so just charging six dollars yeah. fifty five dollars every six you minutes. know it, as part of being concise I reckon um you should let's have a read about how family law works how, mm. how property settlement works listen to us you if you've listened to our podcasts you know what facts or what things are relevant so keep it to mm. the relevant things I love it when a client comes in with dot points for a for a meeting you know I really mm. do because I know okay. they're going to cross off everything they need to ask because I go in with an agenda. If I if we're meeting with a client, um, it's because something has to be done or said or discussion has to be had. So there's always a good to have an agenda. Yep. Yeah, so basically go and get yourself a mental health care plan. Everybody does it. Don't be shy. Ask your doctor for it. Tell them you're going through a divorce. Then you get those free sessions where you can download on your psychologist and then, yeah, you do your concise talking to your lawyer and you will save all that money for the end. <laughs> so that's fantastic. All right, so number two, mum, make your own statement. Mm. What does that mean? How do you make your yeah. own statement? Okay, so uh, the very first thing a lawyer will do once you come on board is usually take a statement from you because we weren't there. We don't know when you met, what school you went to, how old you are. There's a lot of information. I, I don't think I need to know what school you went to, but like what education <laughs> level you're at. <laughs> so yeah. we would take you through in a chronological order, right? Start at the beginning and go through your relationship to the end. Um, and we might do a heading for property 
and we might do a heading for the children. Mm. Uh, that takes hours. Our lawyers, the lawyer will take maybe an hour to get all that information from you. Then they dictate it. Then a secretary types it. Then it gets sent to you for checking. Mm. And then it, it just can cost a lot. Now we have to have it. Um, but one way you can shorten things is do your own statement and then let, give it to the lawyer in word form. Right. And they can then add to it and then you can sign it. So, uh, so to, to do a statement the way a lawyer would do it, you yep. leave a really big margin on the page for a handwriting note. So, so really big, like half the page is your left margin. Okay. 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 And then, and then you just start off with, um, my name is whatever it is. And my address is this. And I am this year's age. I was born in wherever Toowoomba I was. So yeah. And then. My partner is this, he's, you know, and then you say, we we met on this date, we started living together on this date, we got married on this date, we separated on this date, we are or aren't divorced. Just a little summary. And then then you can go property and then talk about when we got together. Uh, 79.4a says, I'm telling my telling you all, <laughs> says <laughs> what contributions did you make to the property pool? You know, did you each have a crappy car? Um, yeah. And you know, that sort of thing, um, or did someone have some savings? So just go through that history. We bought this house, then we sold it, then we bought this house. I mean, it's all important, mm. uh, but it's it, you can do it. Who knows your story better than you do? No one. You know, yeah. so type it out, type it out, and when you go for your first meeting with the lawyer and you've got that evidence, you can give it to the lawyer. They can read it through, and if you're quietly sobbing into a tissue, at least your message is getting across quickly. Yeah. And that should shorten the amount of time you're before the lawyer. Because then know, they don't have to say, team. when did you first buy your house with him? You'll be like, yeah. um, I'll have to check my diary and get back to you. And then there's that's another yeah. phone call, so another right, meeting, right. another. Um, and yeah. I guess, like you said, you'll be really emotional when you first meet your lawyer and they're going to going to ask you when did you first meet what was you know how and all of that if you know particularly if you've been the one who's been left or if you've left for horrible reasons all of that's going to come crashing down on your head where if you do it at home you can have a big blah blah cry and you can have your friend and you can eat ice cream and you can write your little summary and then you can turn up all together and give it to the lawyer and give your top marks and save money that sounds great and I I always um Obviously, I didn't do that. <laughs> and when I, when I, when I was being asked those questions, I was like, "Why is she asking me these questions? This is weird." Mm, and then I mm. realized when I, I think there's like affidavits, etc. It's written mm. at the top of everything. It's, it's, it must be. Is it a summary for the judge? So the judge understands where you're coming from. Is that no? Oh, oh that who's ma- yeah? We, I'm this. I'm the applicant wife, and I'm such and such age. Yeah, yeah. It just it just puts everything in framework because the judge in the back of his mind is going, I have to make a decision on seventy nine four a b a b and c and seventy five two o to uh, a to o. And one of the things in seventy five two is age of the parties, state of health of the parties. So mm. he's weighing all that up. So so it all comes. It's all in your history. So just write mm. your history. Okay. Do your sobbing. Remember that scene in. Um, Romancing the Stone, I think, is it, that was that the first first one where she was sobbing and writing and using piles of tissues. Do that at home, <laughs> and you know, if you've got a friend with you, bring that friend to the lawyer's appointment because mm. if you're sobbing and if you're not, if it is feeling a little bit surreal, 
Mm. I'll tell you now, the first time you see your children's names typed up with their dates of birth on a court document can mm. be gut-wrenching. Mm. Uh, and so you, your friend will pick up stuff you don't hear. Yes. Because you're still sort of slightly freaking out. Yeah. So, so write your own. When, I, when we say statement, I really probably mean write out your history. Okay. Write out your yes. history. So that's what it means. Yeah. So write out your history. Go and look up your diaries and your dates and, and your bank mm-hmm. things to find out when you bought, sold, cars, who brought what into it. Yeah, if you can do that, you're going to save yourself a lot of money in the lawyer time and the lawyers yeah. will appreciate it too. And I don't know about you, but look, I used to be a teacher and when kids were well behaved and they were no trouble and they did everything you wanted <laughs> You like them more and you tend to want to help them more. I guess it's the same thing for lawyers. I guess if you've got a client who is, you know, organized, helpful, not a pain in the butt and is doing things, I guess maybe you're more helpful. I don't know. It might work in your favor. I don't know. Is that right, mum? You can't say. Not with me. (laughs) I know. You're good with everyone. I know. I know. I I just, I think I understand where people are coming from. But look, there might be lawyers like that. I mean, yeah. you know, some some lawyers are by nature we're we're sort of known for being cold creatures. So if mm. you've got someone who's freaked out by emotion, I'm not. Um, mm. But some lawyers don't like too much emotion. Then that just makes it easier for everybody. Yeah. So yeah, write it down. You know your history, and it will help you. And the next step, Rose, that we're going. To, I'm sorry, listeners, I call Laura Rose because that was her middle name. So <laughs> if you hear me say that, but the the next step. Uh, Laura is also part of this preparation. Yes, um, and that people shouldn't feel they have to do these things. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have to do these things before you go to see a lawyer. It's just if you can, and if you want to save some money, these are good ideas. Yeah, and that, so number three is chronology. So yeah, do a make chronology. A chronology. Yeah. yeah. So now, now that seems like a lot of work, and and it is. But it will take a lot of work for your lawyer or ultimately your barrister so to what make is the a chronology. chronology. What is a chronology? So a chronology, so chrono time. So it's a timeline. Okay. So you get open a word document, make a few columns. In the first column will be date. Mm-hmm. So if you if you know the date, like 14th of September 1995, mm-hmm. um, I was born or whatever, you know, then we were married, um, then this child was born, and then you know. We inherited this money or I got my teacher's degree in this year. So you write down all the dates and the event next to it. Yeah. So that's that's the first two columns. First column date, second column event. So significant events in your life and your relationship. And then the third column is evidence. So if you say, for instance, um, when we got together, I had a unit at New Farm Mm. Uh, which I bought in 1983 for X amount of dollars, evidence, I've got the file from the lawyer or I've got, you know, rates notice. Receipt or Uh, sale, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. or something. If you haven't got the evidence, don't bother with it. But, boy, you're nearly preparing the the whole case for the lawyer if you do that. So the other thing with the chronology, not just your history, like getting your statement ready, but also if, say, for example, uh, there's been a, a big hoo-ha over, I don't know, something like it's and um, it's not something. A grand something piano. That, yeah. Something that's happened after the separation um, mm. and it's a contentious issue that's going back and forth. So if you create a chronology for your lawyer to say, well, look, since I spoke to you last, he did this and then this happened and I did this and here's the evidence. And if you can do it in a chronology and just send it mm-hmm. to them, 
Uh, they yep. so helpful because basically, isn't that what they end up doing anyway? Like you said, for trial, etc., to go in yep. front of a judge to give to the barrister or to the you know they, they've got that in front mm. of them. So do it for them because mm. otherwise they just have to sit there and ask you questions. What time did this happen? When did this happen? Have you got any evidence? Can you get it for me? Is that right, Mum? That's right, Laura, and it will come out over a period of months as each issue comes up. Mm. Then they'll be asking and you'll be rummaging through looking for details. So I think chronology is a big ask. So if you're feeling like you can't face it, don't don't worry about it. But if you're one of those people who's very organised, do it. Mm. Um, Get out all of your documents. Go through your old, um, you know, your old text messages and things. If you've got evidence of stuff, collate it so so that it's there. Uh, when I was learning to be a barrister in the bar practice course, mm. uh, we were told the first thing to do in any case to get your head around it is do the chronology. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's interesting because when you do that, even if you put, uh, I mean, if I've had a series of emails, I'm preparing a trial, there's been a series of emails between the parties. Mm. I even put the time of day. If there were eight emails on, say, the 10th of October, I'll put them in in time order. And when you see it written out like that, it really makes the case come clear. I, I personally think that that attention to your case early on will will bring it to a quicker conclusion yeah, okay. because every time the other side raises something, your lawyer said, oh, no, but actually on the 8th, you know, and yeah, here's the evidence. Because sometimes you want to sit there and go, you want to tap your lawyer or barrister on the shoulder and go, actually, that's wrong. This happened on this date. But because they don't <laughs> have it in front of them, they're not going to turn around and ask you during court. Mm-hmm. Um, what, if, mm-hmm. if you feel like doing a chronology is too much, um, another idea which we've talked about before is have a diary, just do a dot yes. point. Once a week, just go, on this date, I got an email and it was this. Or on this date, Johnny said this, or on this date, I had to go to this and book this. So you can keep it in your diary. And then that way, um, because I found my lawyer, what, when did you do this? On what day did this happen? And, and you go, ah, but now that I've got a diary, I can always check back. And, um, I know another person who has a Word document. He just adds to it once a week. He's got his chronology. He, He just keeps adding to it. So, I mean, if you That's want to be super brilliant. organized, um, otherwise what is going to happen is you're going to get closer to trial or closer to an affidavit and you're going to have to do it anyway. And, and it's going to be stressful and there's going to be lots of information if you've got a crazy thing going on and, and your lawyer yeah. is going to have lots of work to do. So it's a good way to save money, isn't it? And yep. Yeah, and, and if you're in a he says, she says situation, only you have the proof. And your lawyer knows you have the proof, then mm. that just nips that right in the bud. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, so yeah. so that your lawyer's got the ammunition. She doesn't have, or he doesn't even have to ring you and say, "Have a look for this." Or they go, "Oh no, I've got that. I'm yes. ready for that." You know. Yeah. Sometimes don't even send all the evidence. Just keep it with yourself. And then when the when the lawyer says, "Oh, if you've got that document, you reckon you yes, I'll, I'll scan it through to you now." So that yeah. if you give your client your lawyer a big bundle of documents, mm. they have to read it. And they have to charge you to read it yeah, because yes. if they don't read it and something comes up, then they're professionally liable. Mm. So, what's the kind of price on reading? Like, is it how much? Oh, well, it's the same. In it's just however long it takes to read them. Oh, you see, what and so it? if you've got a, is it photo- photocopying as well? I saw it was really expensive. <laughs> is that is that a thing? We don't. Some some firms charge for photocopying. Oh yes. my goodness. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. So 
Yes, yeah, so it's it's really important. I think give the chronology, but don't necessarily hand over the evidence, but have it collated. Yeah. I love it when my clients have their little book and plastic sleeves and it'll give you some sense of control. Mm. And if the other side says something completely wrong, you can just whip out your bit of proof and yeah, wave it true. under their nose. And that's the number true. of cases that have settled, I mean, I'm not saying all people who make wrong allegations are sneaky. Sometimes they just forget. Mm. Sometimes they've told themselves something for so long that mm. it becomes true to them, mm. you know, so... Yeah, the documents, so, and, and you might do it too. The documents are important. You're right. So basically it's going to give you a sense of control to feel like you at least yeah. got control over, you know, what happened and when happened. And, and yes, you, even though your lawyer is there to do this work for you, like you said, if you want to save money and do a lot of it oh. for them and if you've got the evidence to say, well, actually that's not true, it might save you from having to go to court, you know. It might stop Absolutely. lawyer phone calls back and forth and lawyer letters. All right, so number four, Mum, you mentioned yeah. emails. Oh, yes, yes. So it's so easy <clears throat> now to flick an email, you know, flick an email. Um, yeah. You can do it on your phone or on your um, iPad or whatever um, as you think of things. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. start, start a memo or a, a, like notes, something in notes or in a Word document somewhere, everything you want to ask your lawyer during the week, <clears throat> um, unless it's urgent, then, of course, you've got to email them. But mm. save it up and either ask them during your face-to-face interviews or send one email a week and and put everything in that email. Okay. Because if your emails are four or five lines long, Mm. um, that's a six-minute unit for a lawyer to read it. They have to charge that, okay? Okay. If it's uh, 40 or 50 lines long, it probably actually takes the whole six minutes, but it's the same cost. Oh. So don't just click an email off when you when you think about it because a lawyer has to read it. They usually have to respond, and so then you're getting um, you're starting off a chain of costs. Okay. So another question then for you in regards to that is it cheaper to call? Um, it probably is. It's the same cost, uh, mm. like per hour. Yeah, it depends on how concise you are and whether your lawyer rambles. So, you know, <laughs> that's terrible, isn't it? But, but a nice, a, a concise email with numbered questions or dot points mm. is, I think, the most efficient way of asking a question and okay. you'll get a response from the lawyer because if you ring and your lawyer's not there, they're mm. in court or whatever, then you've got to ring back or they've got to ring you back and it just becomes less efficient, I think. I think okay. if, if nothing else, this um, COVID-19 has taught us the the uh, magic of email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> email so and phone. So basically with emails, maybe start a note in your phone or in your or like do a draft email and just collate all the questions you've got and send it once a week. And then that's going to save you money because six minutes is six minutes, whether you write one sentence. And I know that when something happens and you're really passionate, you're like, I'm going to tell my lawyer and I'm, and um, maybe hold off on that unless it's urgent because maybe there'll be another raw moment and just collate it all together and it's easier and cheaper for you. So, okay, step number uh, five in ways yep. to cut your lawyer costs is do some yourself. Now, I know we've talked yes. already about making a statement, do your chronology. Yep. What else can you do yourself to cut costs? 
Sometimes you can do the photocopying yourself. I see that some lawyers do charge for that. Yeah. Uh, some sometimes you're able to arrange someone to serve the document on your ex partner, um, yep. and you could do that document yourself. Uh, you could organize the family uh, report writer yourself. Can you do that? You can. You can yeah. do all of that. Yeah. Uh, some people go to some of the little hearings themselves. <clears throat> if you're sorry, um, we don't have a problem with that. Of course, I think it's good. You know, go to the first hearing by yourself. Don't take a lawyer sometimes to mediation. Uh, sometimes. Uh, with our clients who are watching their dollars, um, mm. and that's all of us, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, if they go to, if the mediation is is ordered by the court, perhaps, and not likely to be successful, mm. uh, sometimes our clients we say to our clients, "Well, don't take us, but we're here if you need to talk to us. If you get to an agreement or you get close, ring us up and we can look at the document for you." And that way, uh, we're only charging for the time you ring. So. Okay. You know, that, so there are a lot of ways that you can sort of do a lot of it yourself. Um, I've had people who organised all the annexures for an affidavit because remember, if you've done your chronology with all the evidence, you can get all of those documents, have them all in order, and that just saves so much time. So basically what you could do with your lawyer, um, if something's coming up, if there's mediation or if it's a trial or if it's mm. something, you can say, what can I do myself? to, to yes. cut costs just ask them the question what what can I do yeah. to help what can I do to take some of this time off yeah. you yeah and I, if yeah. you've got a good lawyer <laughs> they should probably say well actually it'd be really helpful if you did xyz you know so yes. there might be things that we don't think about right now but your lawyer will be probably sitting there going oh my goodness I'm going to spend all Friday night doing this <laughs> they probably would really yeah. appreciate a bit of help um, and then well, that way you're saving money well, you are, and can I say, I don't think, I can't remember the last time I actually did a divorce for someone. The divorces are now able to be filled in online. Mm -hmm. uh, the, you can go by yourself. So uh, we, it's a completely different thing to children and property. So definitely if you want to get divorced, do that all yourself. You don't need your lawyer involved unless there's something really tricky about it. Um, but that's a big step, and you'll save thousands oh, by doing fantastic. your divorce. We, we'll probably yeah. do an episode. I know we've talked about it before, but it, it, you've described it as pretty simple to do. Um, mm. And I've been there, so I, I know yeah. uh, what it's like. So, yeah, maybe we could do an episode on that coming up on how to do your own divorce, because as we yes. all discussed, divorce is separate to property settlement and children's issues yeah. so, okay, and, yep. and the um the last one number six uh i think we kind mm. of uh, kind of step in step out yeah and but I also call that step in, step out. so stepping in so what does that mean mum okay so a lot of people have um we get have probably started their proceedings themselves mm -hmm. um started filed their documents filed their first affidavit and then uh, they want someone to go to court for them and they come and see us. And we're happy to do that. So a lawyer will, you say to the lawyer, I want you to do this interim hearing for me. Here's all my material. Uh, and then at the end of the interim hearing, um, then you might say to your lawyer, look, I'm going to take over my case again because my ex is going to send you thousands of letters and you're going to have to read them and send them to me. So I, I'll take that over again. So tell the, you know, tell your lawyer to tell the other side they're no longer acting 
um, file an, your own notice of address for service. So the court sends everything to you. And what you've got, you've got your lawyer in the background. Mm. You're running it. If you get hit a snag, then you you consult your lawyer. But as far as the other side knows, your lawyer's not in involved mm-hmm. and that will save you thousands and then as you come up if you do the easy hearings yourself the interim hearings leading up like I don't know checking to see that everyone's filed their affidavits on time or whatever um, mm. you do that yourself and then you might engage your lawyer again to say finalize the documents or you might engage the lawyer again to come to the trial and get mm. a barrister for you um, and that way like it's do you know how I describe it I describe it like like if you were getting some um, work done at your house like building work yeah and and you act as the kind of laborer and do yeah. do some of the stuff but when it comes to the tricky things like you know I don't know um putting in the door yeah you, 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 yeah, then sure you need to put a professional right <laughs> yeah. that's right the only yeah. thing I'd say with that is it it pays um we have a number of clients like that they're on our books they can ring us anytime, come and see us anytime, but they are, as far as the court knows and as far as the other side knows, they're the ones who are representing themselves. But they'll come and see us to okay. get direction. Yeah, and that's And allowed. some things, oh, of course it is, yes. Yeah. Um, some firms won't do it, but we do. But um, but a lot of firms will do it. They call it, um, in America, they call it unbundling. So they're saying, okay, what does a person need when they go to court? They need um, this interim hearing, then they need to file these documents, then they need to do that family report, then they need to do it. And so they're saying, if we lay all that out, you do what you can, we'll do the bits that you want us to do. Okay. So it's 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 different yeah. to writing a chronology and statement because that's helping your lawyer. But mm. this one is you really are doing most of it yourself and, yeah. and just getting us in for the crunch. And we are going to do an episode on what happens in court and if you are representing yourself, what you, what's expected of you and, you know, that kind of thing as well. So that's something we can help you with later on as well. Mm. I guess the last thing we should probably mention is um, one thing you can't really control, I guess, is the way that your ex your ex behaves, the actions of your ex. Yeah. So your other yeah. side, you might have an ex who gets their lawyer to write your lawyer a letter five times a week or, you know, seven emails from that lawyer to your lawyer. And and, and it costs money, doesn't it, for mm. for the lawyer, your lawyer, to read emails from yeah. his lawyer or her lawyer. And they can't not read it. If it's, but it, it's sometimes it's even worse. Sometimes it's the other person themselves who bombards the lawyer okay. um, and then your fees would be going up and up. So talk to your lawyer about strategies for that. So one of the things that we do for particularly um, prolific emailing uh, yeah. people is we say to our client, look, how about we agree that we will just redirect those emails straight to you without reading them so Mm -hmm. we don't have to charge you. And if there's anything there that you're worried about, you can contact us to talk about it. Yes. So that's one thing that you can do. You can't control how your ex behaves. No. Um, That is a strategy that they use. The other thing is that you just simply, like in that step out, you just simply announce that um, your lawyer is no longer acting uh, in that case. Yeah. So so leave it out. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So don't forget also regular bills. We need. Oh, yeah. We need to so, get regular bills. so regular billing, I think that's an important one. I guess it's the same with like electricity. Some people get their electricity bill a quarter. Some people get their electricity bill a month and some people get it weekly. So 
Uh, if you use your aircon a lot and you get to the end of the quarter and your bill is insane, uh-huh. um, you haven't saved for it, you're not prepared for it, you get that bill shock. I have a feeling that happens with lawyer fees as well. Is that right, Mum? It does. It does. Yeah. If you if you had known that running the air conditioning was going to make the bill too much for you, you might have turned the air conditioning off if you'd known. So with yeah. with um. Ask for regular bills. So some firms do it weekly, fortnightly. It also acts as an activity statement so you can see if they've been doing something on your file. Um, But there's no nasty shocks. Don't. I really would caution against going with lawyers who get paid at the end or do it on a speculative basis because Mm -hmm. you just have no idea what how, how much the bill is going to be at the end. This way you can keep control and you can make a commercial decision then. If, if you know you've actually spent, you know, $3,000 so far and you're only three quarters through, if you get an offer from the other side and you have a realistic idea what your costs are going to be, then you can make your better place to make a sensible decision about yeah. whether or not to accept that offer. So yeah. I, I think the, co- the cost conversation is hard to have, but have it. Yeah. Have it with your lawyer um, yeah. and make them tell you how much it is and ask for a bill every week or ask them how much you owe every week. Keep an idea of it. Most lawyers now give the itemised accounts, so you'll yeah. know. Well, and I think that's really important. I think it's a good reminder as well of the things we've talked about, you know, sending your emails in a block. So if you don't do that and you've gone a little bit off the rails and then you get your weekly yeah. bill and you're like, ooh, okay, that will remind you, stick it on the fridge if you don't have kids to remind you, okay, don't send more than one email a week at least, you know, try really hard. Hopefully you're not sending an email a week, but try really hard to um, remind yourself. And I guess that, you know, it's the same as when you stand on the scales weekly. It reminds you, oh, okay, I shouldn't have eaten that block of chocolate. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, I think that there's good, anything wrong with it's that. a good reminder um, for regular bills. And be yeah, it. I, I don't know what it is about asking for how much things cost, but, um, you know, sometimes in, in a lawyer situation, when you're a client, you go in, they've got these big offices and you're in a boardroom and they seem to be mature and amazing and you look up to them because they're very knowledgeable and you don't want to have to say how much is this going to cost or, you know, so, but you're just going to have to because mm-hmm. this is your life, this is your money and, you know, and if a lawyer's not going to be upfront with you about costing, et cetera, then they're probably not the lawyer for you if you are concerned about money. And we all should, um, you know, not just let things go off and then find out two months later you owe, you know, $10,000. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, like absolutely. I said, we can save and that money. money. The end. And it's yeah. that's right. The money is really that money is for the children. You know, it's not the kids' well, fault. Or for you. It's not if the you kids. don't have kids, yeah, you could go on a holiday. Exactly. <laughs> or buy shoes. It's not your kids' fault that you guys are fighting, and you'd hate for them to suffer in the future because mm. you you two had lots of backwards and forwardsing and emails. So, look, Mum, I think so. As a summary, six six or even more six ways you can uh, cut your lawyer costs. Um, we've <laughs> yeah. got. Be concise. We've got make your own statement, create your own chronologies, send emails in blocks, do mm-hmm. some of this, the work yourself and step in, step out and ask for regular billing. And I think that those are really basic practical ways, but I think, you know, that um, in everything we do in our lives, so how to cut down your energy bill, how to cut down, um, you know, costs for travel etc we all look at ways and I think 
I don't think it's spoken about enough. It just makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Someone had told I agree me with that you. two years ago. <laughs> Did I not tell you? <laughs> oh, well. You don't want to look back with regret. I do you know? know? You don't want to look back with re- regret with things. So this, it's a good conversation to have. Again, your head's probably not in the right space in the early stages. Uh, yeah. Take a friend that you trust yeah. uh, to help guide you and, and maybe they're the first person you ring before you do that call to the lawyer because your friend won't send you a bill. <laughs> and if they do, they're not your friend. All right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mum, for your time and congratulations. That's okay, and Laura. Doing 10 episodes with us. This is I'm, so I'm so proud. I'm going to have a cup of coffee to celebrate. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording in 2020.